0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network and thegorillaposition.com,
1: telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by gorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by Collar CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. In partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, Castbox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafell. And I'm Big Joe. And welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk.
0: Yes, uh, Carl. Uh, another week is coming on in the world of professional wrestling. But before we get to the, the bulk of our topics here, I thought uh, we'd uh, kick off by talking a little bit about um, a little update about us as, as a podcast. Been talking to you the last couple of days, and um, the month of October here in 2019 has been the best month for our podcast. And our last episode was the best episode for our podcast. Um, I, I don't know what happened, if maybe we got featured somewhere that I wasn't aware of, but we saw a big influx of followers and viewers. And this has been the best month for the podcast that is Termucle Talk.
1: That is phenomenal. Right? And it's only because of you people who are listening to this podcast that this continues to go into the direction that it's going. Uh, Thank you so much. I mean, obviously, if you guys didn't like what you were hearing out of Big Joe and myself, (laughs) you would have tuned out and these numbers would not be the way that they are. So thank you. And I mean, I'm sure that it has to do with you guys sharing it out and you guys telling other people about it as well and stuff like that. Right. So thank you so much to everybody who, who does even just the littlest thing, like share out the podcast. That's a huge help. Huge help. And obviously, it shows.
0: Yes, absolutely. So going from that little bit of announcement there to another announcement in the world of professional wrestling, this is pretty huge for over in the United States or just in North America in general. We have another big company that's going to be making their presence felt over in this neck of the woods here. New Japan Pro Wrestling is officially fully expanding to
1: the United States. This is... Amazing, yet ugh, terrible at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I only say terrible, people, because we have so much wrestling content that uh. we try to watch and get through every week. And now we're adding in another promotion. Wow. We are we are going to be busy watching professional wrestling.
0: My... Only concern with this, Carl, is is we have so many companies coming to the forefront now. Of course, we have a uh, WWE, we have AEW, we have Ring of Honor to a bit of a lesser extent now, but we have uh, Impact Wrestling uh, coming up with Access TV, starting to get a little bit bigger again. We have NWA. You know, people can kind of notice the trend here. Now we have New Japan kind of come over, and, and my bit of concern is where is the star power going to? to come from because i don't think that they're going to be able to or just consistently be able to bring all of their guys like i'm talking like tanahashi and okada and um and why not to come over all the time they're not going to be able to just logistics wise so with the exception of maybe marty Skrull who could possibly be able to, to shuffle over there where's the star power going to come from
1: I think if, if smart, the best way to do it is there, there are things that are called work visas mm-hmm. and, uh, work visas can, you know, usually a six month to a year type of work visa. Um, maybe what we, what we might see is, you know, four or five stars from new Japan, On a six month, one year work visa coming over, uh, with possible extension on that afterwards kind of thing. Right. Um, so I think that that's probably what we're going to see is that they're going to take, you know, three, three to six stars from new Japan and bring them over to new Japan, uh, pro wrestling America Mm -hmm. or of America And allow them to kind of build it from there while they're going through and finding more and new talent to bring into the American division of this company, which will then allow those other stars to go back over to Japan. And already now, because we've built things up, have a base of stars in the U.S.,
0: yeah, it's curious. Um, definitely keeping an eye on what New Japan's doing right now, even outside of this, with uh, recently the, the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which, if you're not aware, uh, the company's called Bushi Road, and they recently purchased Stardom, um, which is interesting because you know they have a little bit of ties with WWE as well, and talks of New Japan, or uh, sorry, WWE um, possibly getting to Japan there. There's a lot of things kind of. Getting close to kind of intersecting the, uh, each other a little bit. It's, it, it's an interesting time to kind of be paying to just be watching what's going on in the industry because there's there's a lot going on, and uh, New Japan's making a lot of moves. I'm curious, to, really curious, to see as time goes on here how it's all going to pan out for them.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's going to be very interesting to see the backside of things mm-hmm. uh not necessarily so much the performances in the professional wrestling ring but to see how logistically these companies are going to possibly all work together when it comes to and especially you mentioned stardom right like wwe was really looking at stars from stardom to be able to bring over to like nxt japan and now uh, I'm assuming that this is going to be totally kiboshed on the end of stardom now that it's owned pretty much by the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, we do know that they are going to still be separate entities. Mm -hmm. Um, They have kind of put that out there that they're, you know, they're not going to be taking stardom and melding it into New Japan. They're going to be keeping things exactly the way that they are as separate companies. Just the parent company now owns both.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Be, I'll be very curious to be watching that very closely. Now, speaking of things not working, Carl, uh, possibly, I don't know, uh, that being a good segue, so you're not here, but a big thing that that's been the talk of not only the wrestling world, but, uh, the video game world, uh, which the two tend to kind of cross over occasionally. The new WWE game 2k20 has been getting a lot of flack for all the wrong reasons over the last little bit here. And, I think that there are a lot of misinformed people about what's going on here and I, I think that I can kind of help shed some light on this Carl.
1: I hope so because I, I'm actually one of those those misinformed and I mean I've tried going on and doing some some, more, some own research of my own and uh, I mean really the only thing that I could see and come up with and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this might be something that you're gonna you can, can uh, maybe elaborate a little bit more on mm-hmm. is that they're using old footage.
0: Uh, not so much that well, one thing that we, ha- we have to take into consideration now when you look at the company that, that uh, I'm not talking about the publisher, which is 2k games, they don't publish the game directly. They're the parent company to all these developers. The, the developer of this game is Visual Concepts, who does the, the, the NW uh, sorry, the, I don't know, I said NW NBA 2K games, which have been fantastic over the last more than a few years. This is their first year developing this wrestling game. So they they took it over from the previous company. So that is a thing in itself, and they only had a year to work on this. And another thing too that is going on with this because the the big big complaint outside of the glitches, which are <laughs> very apparent, and they're all they're all over YouTube. They're they're hilarious. They're ridiculous. Whatever, whatever you want to say it. What I think is going on here, and this is. Not unusual for the video game industry, especially when you're starting a new franchise, you're starting new with a new developer, if you're starting a new series to dumb down the graphics so that when you come up with your game next year and you improve the graphics, you're touting that as a feature. Oh, this uh, next year's game or this coming year's game is going to have better graphics than last year. This is common practice, Carl, to dumb down uh, this aspect of the game, especially when it's your first one right out of the gate. This is not uncommon. It happens all the time. So especially hearing uh, this complaint from gamers that they should be aware of this by now, that this goes on all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean you're right. They definitely should be be kind of aware of that. But I mean, now you're looking 2K, right? You're mm. making 2K look bad by doing something sure. like that. And, and that, I mean that's just coming from my own perception, right? Mm. Like we we've are, we've always known 2K games to be you know really good at at, at what's come out for. For them, and especially the last, you know, couple of two uh, uh, K WWE games that have come out, they've progressively gotten better. Mm-hmm. They they definitely have. But now we're seeing this dumbed down, as as you put it, right. So now people are going, well, what the hell happened to two K? Because not a lot of people know mm-hmm. about the other side of it. That it's you know, two K is just the the main head, and that there's another mm-hmm. developer underneath that has done these things right Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i i totally get and understand that um i do want to kind of put out there something else that i read from uh from 2k um is that the new developer that's doing it and and that's that was making the game Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and when when i talked about old footage i i mean you got to take a look at like the stuff from those that have passed on. So we're looking at like China and the big boss man and, yep. you know, um, and Kong Bundy and all, all of these people that have passed on that are now in the game. Um, who was it? Tykes? hmm Tykes did it before. Yep. Or Ukes. That was the name of the company. Ukes. Yeah. That's it. Ukes. Yep. Um, Ukes. That's the footage that these new developers have. hmm So they had everything from Ukes, which was crap back in the day. <laughs> Because we're going back what? Yeah. Smackdown versus Raw era yeah. um, of video games, which were great video games at that time, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But coming to now, those those are crap. They look yeah. like crap. <laughs> um, yeah. but that's the footage and that's the that's the like green screened images that they have that they have to work with. Yeah. So it's it's not like they can just kind of go find China and be like, okay. We need you to do, you know, these few move sets. We're going to put the, you yeah. know, the green suit on you, throw the balls on you to get all of the right motions and stuff like that. They have to use old stuff. Mm-hmm. And to try to bring that to today and, and make, you know, make it look like today, uh, it's it's a little bit more difficult. Can it be done? Sure. In a year's time? No, definitely not in a year's time. So,
0: yeah. What they'll ty- yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see going forward though.
0: Yeah, what they'll typically do when they, they can't get the actual talent in there is that they'll get, I've seen some behind the scenes footage of them capturing uh, stuff for wrestling games. And then they'll typically, they'll, they'll bring in an experienced talent to kind of mimic what they're doing. So that's a way that they can kind of bridge that gap there. You know, when it comes to, to the, the graphics stuff, uh, I, I, I totally understand it uh, for a couple of different reasons. And even for the reason that you mentioned the glitches and the bugs and stuff, though that that's just that that just shows that it was rushed out, and when you have to patch the, the game on day one, that's not good. So, it just uh, I mean you can go onto YouTube and the Facebook, and you can see ridiculous stuff. Like, there was one where you can see Bailey kind of almost sunk down the ring, almost doing like kind of the duck walk that Chucky, uh, that Chuck Taylor does. I mean, you. Mm-hmm. Stuff where it's, um, I think it was Charlotte basically has her head in the the groin area of the referee, and yep. and then the referee's like <laughs> going back and forth, and just uh, the you know, the ropes are just uh, I don't know what they did with the the physics with the the ropes this game uh, this year in the game, but it's just it's just ridiculous, so. And one thing that's happened with this too, I'm not sure about, I know it hasn't come out on the PC platform yet, so who knows if that's going to even happen on, I'm not sure about the Xbox uh, platform, but on the, the PlayStation platform, they've had to give out a ton of refunds they've had to grant, because people are just like, this is garbage, I want my money back, so...
1: Yeah, and I've only heard that from the uh, PlayStation side of things as well, yeah. uh, as of right now. But yeah, like PlayStation actually issued a, <laughs> uh, a whole statement and stuff, and yeah. and we're offering refunds.
0: <laughs> Not good for a first start, in, uh, <laughs> which is. Uh, I wouldn't say it it is a little surprising just because that that developer visual concepts with the NBA game that they do such a good job that they Mm -hmm. actually unseated um, EA Sports with their basketball game to the point where EA doesn't hardly even ever develop a uh, basketball game anymore. So it's quite something and uh, yeah, a rough start. So, I mean, it can only get better, I Guess, (laughs) (laughs) guess <laughs> <laughs> let's hope <laughs> you know so who knows maybe this is another chance for AEW to kind of uh stuff it in WWE's face and say hey we got a better game than WWE has because they've there's the speculations and there's always been the whispers that they got something on the go as well and um yep. we don't know who's making it so yeah uh definitely know the story that we'll be keeping a close eye on for sure
1: definitely
0: so, some more stuff about uh, back and forth with WWE and AEW. Uh, this time, this has been coming from WWE going after AEW, specifically Mr. Seth Rollins, who, as of late, I think has maybe a bit of an issue of maybe not uh, keeping his mouth shut when he should, and has basically said that. Calling out Kenny Omega. Well, it was so much. It wasn't so much him calling him out. It was, it was um, sort of like a, a questionnaire type thing. There, he was being questioned from people in a, in a small crowd there, and they asked about a matchup with Kenny Omega. And Seth basically said, "You know, when Kenny's done working in the minor leagues, then let's have a match over here." So. I'm getting a little tired of this and WWE is not only guilty of it too, AEW has been doing it too, a lot of poking back and forth, I guess. I think that it's getting to the point now where I think they just each need to concentrate on what they're doing and stop poking and prodding the other company because I think it's, it's devaluing both of
1: them now. It definitely is. But I mean, again, this comes down to, you know, competition,
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So, and I mean, like that's, they're trying to just throw those jabs at each other just as if, you know, as uh, you know, the Detroit Red Wings do to the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs do to the Red Wings. Right. And I mean, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's all just jabs that are being thrown from, you know, one side or the other. Uh, It's, it's going to happen no matter where you go in the world of sports Mm -hmm. uh, or entertainment, it, it really doesn't matter. But is it becoming too much to the forefront and, and uh, you know, maybe overdone? Yeah, I, I think so. It definitely yeah. is. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's almost to the point where it's just like, okay, hey, stop with the pissing match and put on some good show. Yeah. That's it.
0: Because, uh, dude, I, I don't mind the back and forth as well. If it results in them actually pushing each other to be better, but it, it's kind of becoming a little one-sided where WWE is really floundering at the moment. Uh, this run with SmackDown has not been good so far. So yeah, it just, it feels like we're just, we're, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a little crazy right now, to say the least.
1: It seems as though we're out in the schoolyard and we've got those two kids that are always at each other's throat and they just continue to beak off to each other. But in the end, never fight. Never do anything. Never have any type of confrontation. Mm-hmm. They're just passing notes between each other, saying you suck, yeah, you're right. gross, you're disgusting. Uh, you know, you, you. My dad can beat up your dad, and like that's that's all it seems to be. Uh, are we ever gonna see Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins in a in in a match of some proportion with one being on the WWE and one being with AEW? No. Never, never, never. No. So, uh, yeah, just just stop. I, just stop. Yeah. I mean, if nothing's going to come to fruition from all of this, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Now, if you've got some, you know, like some NXT and AEW stuff that's maybe kind of bickering back and forth, well, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. They're both running on the same night. Stuff like that is happening. I get it, right? I mean, like... Back in the uh, the Monday Night War situation that happened, I mean, Eric Bischoff was doing the same thing to the WWE. So <laughs> WCW yeah. was telling fans on WCW television what was going to happen on the WWE programming, yep. right? So I mean, stuff like that. Sure, it's going to because then people are going to be as they did flipping over to the WWE product, going, "Wow, mankind wins that championship." Eric mm-hmm. Bischoff told us, "Yeah, we're tuning into that." And they did. Mm-hmm. They went over and tuned into that. Right. So, I mean, that type of, of thing, maybe I can kind of see a little bit, but really, no, we don't need that today.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So another thing that that's been kind of going on, and I think that I'm not sure if you're going to feel the same way, um, with me on this Carl. I know it's a pretty polarizing topic out there, but, um, I'll, I'll kick it off here. And, um, I'm talking about uh, this as a quote uh, that was taken from Mr. Paul Heyman. And I do definitely agree with the first part of this. But the second part of this statement that he makes here, I feel really kind of um, is telling you kind of what's going on here. So um, first part of it is wrestling is an art form. Absolutely, I agree 100%. Great words, Paul. Second part of this, I don't worry about those who don't get it. I worry about satisfying those who do. Now, I understand the con- the idea there, but that mindset of only appealing to the people that you feel get it, what are you then doing to draw in any kind of people who are say jaded about the product or, or trying to draw just a straight up new fan. If you're only trying to appeal those to that you feel that get it, you're, to me, you're in trouble.
1: And, and I totally get where you're coming from in that type of a situation. I totally understand it. Um, let me throw it this way to you. Okay. WWE product. WWE fans. How many fans have they been losing over the last little while? A lot. A lot. So what are you doing to retain the fans that you have? The fans that you have have already seen everything that you're going to put out there and try to do to gain more fans. So In my head, when I heard that, when I I didn't hear it, I read it. When I read that, I thought Paul Heyman is now talking about trying to retain the fans that are currently watching and enjoying the product and allowing those fans to bring in the new ones Mm. because they're going to be excited and happy with what they're seeing and then going and telling their friends, hey, it's not as bad as you think come back and take, take a watch with me.
0: Well, the only possible problem there is they're even losing those people now. So (laughs) it's getting a little tough to, to say, uh, I don't know, just, it's one of those things I just, I feel like it's giving them the disadvantage right now, that mindset of, okay, we know that we only appeal to this certain
1: group of people and we're just going to forget about everybody else. (sighs) I I don't think that it's, we're going to forget about everybody else though. Right. Like this is just a statement from one person. That's Mm -hmm. all it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and
1: I think possibly you, you might be looking a little too deep into that. Maybe I think you're getting a little too philosophical on the statement that he made. I think he's just trying to say, Hey, we understand people are leaving but we're still wanting to put out a good product. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are still watching, we want to keep you and we want to keep you happy.
0: Yeah, Cause I think Vince has very much the same mindset as well. I think that he knows his, he knows his audience and it, it's pretty clear in the ratings and whatnot recently that there is really only appealing to that audience that he, he knows that he, that he appeals to And I, I guess to a certain extent that that can work. But when it, it comes to, to try and build a new audience, they're just not doing it. Um, and, and the numbers are are right in front of us. That, that, yeah, that that you're fact. right.
1: Definitely. They are. So. Right. But do you want to see those numbers continue to, to dwindle?
0: No, it, it, obviously we don't.
1: Right. But so I think that's the mindset that they're in right now is we cannot allow more yeah. fans to leave. Let's make sure that we are appealing to the fans that we still have. If we can build with these fans, then we'll be able to build further into the future. Uh, Right. Forget about trying to get new people, forget about trying to do whatever to, to possibly make, you know, make sense of everything in, in the entire universe. No, we don't need to do that. We have our people, we have our fan base right here. Let's make sure that we are keeping them by giving them the product that they want type of thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's all, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But in my understanding, that's what they're doing right now is they're just trying to retain the fans that they have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it, uh, how it pans out in the big picture here. Now, something I think that uh, the fans would be possibly interested in When it comes to WWE, and I guess this has been a dream match slash rumor that's been kicking around for quite a while. And then I guess I hadn't really picked up on, and uh, we're talking about a possible dream match scenario of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk, which from what I've been kind of seeing is possibly getting some traction. Um, does this dream matchup interest you at all, Carl? No. No, man.
1: No. I'm going to surprise. It's, it's been too long. Yeah. It's been way too long. Stone Cold has been out for how long? Mm-hmm. I get it. He's he's a great, you know, personality. He's a great character. He's a great gimmick. I'm sure he's an amazing guy as well. Um, CM Punk, same thing. Like, everything was was good when he was there. Yeah. It's been way too long for the two of them to be apart that I just, I I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I really don't care.
0: I think if they could find some way to put off, put it, uh, or sorry, to pull it off as kind of just a, kind of a short match, I, I, I'd be somewhat interested because I, I've always been a big fan of both of these guys. Uh, recently, to a lesser extent, with CM Punk, with just the the level of trolling and the BS kind of going on, but. Uh, I am I am interested in it, but I just I think that it needs to be almost a very gimmicky kind of short kind of let's get our stuff in match and get out and get that uh, pop and it would definitely obviously draw some money wherever it would happen. You know that's a plus. I think that uh, is, you can definitely uh, say would be a good thing.
1: I mean, you you could get the same effect though from uh, let's say it's a WrestleMania and Stone Cold comes out to announce, uh, you know the next uh um money in the bank match or something like that and then cm punk comes out and then cm punk tries to go and hit the uh the go to sleep and stone cold gets out of it and hits him with a stone cold stunner you're gonna get the same effect you don't have to have them in a matchup to do that Mm. that's taking away tv time uh, pay-per-view time money stuff like that from the multitude of talents that you already have on the roster you don't need to bring in a couple of guys uh, who have retired out of the professional wrestling business to put them into a match to do this. Mm-hmm. Don't have to. Yep.
0: You know what I think could possibly work and you could do this with either guy, I think, or you can even interchange the two, to be perfectly honest with you, is you could bring back either guy and almost do a Piper's pick kind of scenario and you, you have them come out and you could do short little spots and whatnot with however many people you want to do with. You just have them come in probably through the show instead of doing like Ms. TV or something, do, um, whatever you want to call the segment. And then you can have some of these little dream kind of scenarios instead of having to do a full fledged match. I think it's something like that could possibly even generate some interest because I mean, both these guys, um, either together or separate are going to
1: draw in an audience. You're right. Definitely. Um, together though? Yeah. I really don't think so. What, what have they done together before? Nothing. Right? Nothing. So no. what, why do we need to,
0: you
1: know, why something together? It doesn't have to happen. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the only thing that I would want to see is maybe, you know, CM Punk, because we know he he's the king of pipe bombs. Maybe <laughs> he comes out, hits a pipe bomb on Stone Cold while Stone Cold is out in the ring trying to do something. yeah. And then it ends with, uh, you know, a Stone Cold Stunner. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like that would make people happy. People would go crazy. They would go nuts over it. Yeah, that's all you need.
0: I think. But like, there's
1: no, there's, there's, there's nothing there to grasp onto because the two of them have never, never feuded. They've never had an issue with each other. They've, like, not that that's ever been put onto screen. Yeah. There's no, no context to any of it.
0: True. You would have to definitely develop something there first, which I mean, they could possibly do. And, you know, given what we've kind of seen up to this point uh, with the, the crown jewel event and with uh, the kind of money that gets thrown around there, I, I think that this is a real possibility to happen at some point.
1: Maybe. Cause I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's being talked about, you know, yeah. the rumor mill is out there yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's not even like just rumor mill, like lots of, lots of credible areas have been, you know, kind of talking about this as a, as a real viable thing that, that could possibly happen. Yeah. I mean, just that's my feelings on it. We don't need it.
0: No. Uh, I would totally be for a Piper's pit kind of run though with either guy, and I, I think it could be entertaining. I think it could draw some numbers back to WWE programming and that that can only be a positive for them at this point. And I'm, I'm surprised that they're, that they're not reaching for more stuff like this just, just because we know the numbers have been dropping pretty steadily, especially with this SmackDown on Fox. Now bring back somebody that, you know, is going to draw in some money and and use them for something like this. I, I, I think it would really benefit them. Uh, unfortunately we can't use the man, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, unfortunately, because I mean he was the master of that segment. But yeah. I think that and even by his own admission, I think Punk would be the guy to totally do with. And yep. and he, you know, when you listen to some interviews and stuff that he's been doing recently, he's kind of changing his tune a little bit. He's basically saying, Hey, I'm open to this if the money in the offer is right, which yeah. then leads credibility to the whole crown jewel
1: thing. So very true. And I think you're <laughs> you're correct there i mean cm punk would be the guy to do it you want like this type of you know side talk show type of thing to happen Mm -hmm. cm punk is the way to go with it stone cold is amazing at what he does don't get me wrong uh but i just i don't see stone cold as that type of of person right Mm -hmm. like stone cold was always the um you know, anti-authority type of person. And it just, it always came across that way. And he just was very, almost, almost bullyish, I guess you could say. For sure, yeah. Right? So, whereas CM Punk was more that talker. He was 100% a talker. And so, yeah, CM Punk having some sort of talk show mm-hmm. could help and draw in more people and numbers and then you have it all culminate at a crown jewel where he's doing one with the Saudi Arabian prince and then Stone Cold <laughs> comes out and then, awesome, you yeah. know, gives yeah. a stunner to both of them and wow. everybody goes home happy. That'd be great. Right.
0: That, that would, uh, <laughs> yeah, that would uh, have, I don't think just the wrestling world talking that, that would, uh, that would probably blow up just in mainstream media, honestly.
1: And you guys heard it here first. So if that happens, you heard it here first. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see when it comes to that. Um, It's really, I think, a coin toss at this point, whether it'll happen or not. So, Yeah. All right, so going from that to, before we go to our Showstopper segment, let's uh, revisit our, our Match of the Week segment. This is becoming a regular thing every week now, it seems. Carl, what's your favorite match from this past week?
1: This one was hard. There was quite a few good matches that happened this week. Um, I would have to say Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela, AEW episode four.
0: Wow. Uh, so just so everybody knows, Carl and I did not talk about this before this episode and, um, I have the exact same pick, man. I have the exact really? same, I have the exact same pick and yeah, I think that. Joey Janela doesn't really get a fair shake because I think a lot of people are judging him off of a lot of independent stuff that he's, see, he's seen him do. Yeah. He can really, really work well in that ring. He's he smooth. He, you can tell he's, um, he's clearly improving. I think being around some of these um, high-end names has really helped him out a lot. And I've said it before, he reminds me of a young Chris Jericho. Yes. More and more and more each time I see him, I, I'm thoroughly impressed. And, uh, yeah, he, he, looked like a million bucks in there. Definitely did. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, and, 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 Kenny Omega, um, always brings up the best in his opponents too. Hands down the best match I've seen this week. Hands down.
1: Yeah. Now I do have to say for AEW, I am happy to see that there was a few more singles matches that happened. <laughs> Uh, We did have the tag team tournament semifinal that happened. Both outstanding matches um, coming down to the Lucha Brothers and SCU going for those tag team titles with the Rock and Roll Express. That's right. The Rock and Roll Express will be crowning and giving those championships to the winner of that. Um, Yeah, I'm very happy with, with how things went, except Moxley versus Pac. I do want to talk about this just for a moment these cheap shots Mm. and these run-ins that continue to happen are starting to get boring. Yeah. So the very beginning of this, before the bell rings, before anything happens, we see a run-in cheap shot from behind. And then it went to a time limit draw. Mm -hmm. So again, we have no conclusion to anything Yeah. and it started off sour. And that was the main event for the show. Mm, I agree. So yeah, EW still going strong. NWA still going strong. Raw and SmackDown, yes, definitely have a little bit that they uh, still need to continue to, to build and do. Hopefully after this uh, crown jewel crap that's going to happen, uh, <laughs> we can maybe get um, a little bit more back to some professional wrestling. Now, something that is not on the run that I'm going to put you on the spot with, Joe. Okay. Okay, so Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. we have two former MMA fighters and a boxer who knows absolutely nothing about the business except he's a fan.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I know your thoughts on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your thoughts are, uh, really? <laughs> right?
0: For the most so part. So
1: they're, they're not, they're, you know, they're not very good. Thoughts, uh, especially to to, to towards uh, Tyson Fury, yeah. right? Okay, AEW has announced that they have signed a boxer to mm-hmm. the promotion. I want your thoughts on that, Joe. Do we know who it is? Um, I do have it. I'm uh, like on my phone scrolling through a whole bunch of different things here, trying to find it mm-hmm. again. I didn't write it down. Uh, it's, it's nobody that I've heard of. Um, I think I may have
0: just found it. Okay. We're doing this on the go here, folks. Uh, looks like his name is Anthony Ogogo. Uh, I will use this phrase again, Carl, and everybody listening. Anthony who? Anthony who? <laughs> I have no yes. no idea who this guy is. Uh, I don't know right. if, if he's just coming in for a one-off. Has he actually been training in wrestling? If you're going to bring in something, I guess you got to tell me a little bit about this guy for me to want to care, especially when we don't really are going in going, huh?
1: <laughs> and w- w- with this entire thing though. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Anthony Agogo, and I couldn't remember his name, but yes, you, you are correct. That's who they have signed. Yep. Um, he signed with AEW just a few months after retiring from boxing because of a horrific eye injury. Okay. So he's only been out a few months Boy. from the boxing world. Um, he's a 2012 Olympic bron- bronze medalist. That's something. Uh, he's 30 years old, and he has signed with AEW. He has not fought as a boxer since October 2016. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like suffered a broken eye socket. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the move, just right off the bat. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, like, like it. me, me, me either. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it feels I mean, like I guess he of... has been kind of out there and, yeah. and like trying to train and trying to do things and pursue a, a new career in professional wrestling, but I haven't even heard of this guy on the indie scene anywhere.
0: No. And the more and more I hear of the stuff, and it's it's both companies. It's like it's like, well, one's doing this, so we have to do it. It's, it's like, it, it all feels like we're reacting to everything that the other people are doing on every on every level. And then on the, yeah. with this, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Could he surprise me? Sure. Um, I think the only one that maybe stands a chance is Kane Velasquez because he actually spent some time down in Triple A. He's actually been training. Although uh, the whole group yep. of those three—him, Tyson Fury, and this gogo guy—I think. Kane's the only one that could stand a chance, quite frankly. But outside of that, uh, if you're going to bring in somebody like this, you got to give me a reason to want to care. And I didn't see any of that.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. So. So good. <laughs> good. I've, uh, I've, I've honestly, I wanted your opinion on this because I've seen a lot you know, of the, uh, uh, smarts out there on the, uh, interverse of the interwebs. Yes. Talking about how great of a move this is for AEW to be bringing in a boxer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Please tell me that you are not serious when you have been complaining about the WWE bringing in a boxer named Tyson Fury. But yet you are going to praise AEW for bringing in a boxer. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind here going, I get it, why people like, why are you so messed in the head? I, I'm I'm, tr- I'm keeping myself calm because mm-hmm. if not, there will be vulgarity, but really people think about this for a minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, this wasn't on the run either, but uh, this just kind of came up while while you were talking, and I just brought this up here. Now, going with AEW, you know, it's not all sunshines and lollipops over there. And this is coming from Mr. Jim Cornette giving his opinion about AEW. Now, I did scan over this, and uh, it's okay to, to see it. So right from uh, Corny's uh, Twitter page here, we have the wrestling is supposed to be stupid silly crowd are squealing like a pig under us under a gate on Twitter just because I tell the truth about their pinhead outlaw mud show darlings half the at AEW wrestling roster doesn't look like they could whip cream with a chainsaw not my fault (laughs) Wow yeah quite the, um, the shot out there from, uh, one half of the commentary team over at the NWE. Yeah. Those are some pretty harsh words. Outlaw Definitely much show is. darlings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Now I'm, I'm not necessarily that I'm going to play any type of devil's advocate here, but Jim Cornette, okay. Listen to me here. Yep. Listen to me, Jim. I'm talking right to you at this point. If you are so upset with what the AEW is doing with their product and with their talent, mm-hmm. why have you in your infinite wisdom of the world of professional wrestling not gone to somebody and said, "Hey, listen. I want to help you out a little bit." Mm-hmm. Are you are you serious? You're just going to you're going to be exactly like all these people that you're talking about on the internet? that are out there just bitching and complaining and moaning and crying because of whatever, you've stooped down to their level. You're doing exactly what they're doing now yep. to another company. Yep. When you, somebody who, who is pretty respectable and pretty knowledgeable in the world of professional wrestling, he's been in this game for a long time. Yeah. Why, why is he not going, hey, I see some things that could, that could be better with this. Let me go and talk to somebody. That's all you need to do, dude. Don't go out there and start bashing other companies on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of these things. You don't need to. Yeah. offer help. Offer assistance. Because then people are going to associate, hey, this change came in because Jim Cornette made the suggestion, your name is getting better instead of getting worse as it is right now, to me at least. Yeah. Wow.
0: How, how I kind of see this stuff, I, I know we're going a little bit long on this topic here, but uh, with this here, my, my issue is like you said, Carl, like any troll or anybody on a keyboard can go onto social media and say stuff like this. Yeah, we I think it's stupid and I think that they suck everything anything like that. But there's no substance to it there. If you're just saying, well, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Okay, why does it really suck? And what, what do you think could make it better? Anybody can spit out this nonsense. Do you actually have some, acti- some actual criticisms and some actual suggestions to make it better other than just crapping all over it?
1: And that's exactly right. it. If you're going to have <laughs> criticism, have solutions Have as a
0: well. solution, yeah. Because anybody can just spout nonsense. I can go on to, to Twitter and be like, oh, um, uh, NWA sucks because they don't do uh, intro music. Okay. Uh, maybe that's because it works with that platform. And, and you, know, you need to have a little bit of context and something to back up what you're saying. Otherwise, you're just spouting nonsense. And it's one of the reasons why he's one of the most polarizing personalities out there when it comes to professional wrestling. And uh and I, I totally get it, and I know a lot of people pay attention to him. But for me, it, it's and I do have some respect for him for a lot of stuff that he did before. But with this kind of stuff, though, it, it, I read, I just go, okay, you know, it, it it doesn't really affect me at all because it's it's just so shallow of a statement to make. Oh, you suck because of this. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, so. Whatever, man.
1: Yeah, um just losing respect more and more for the guy, unfortunately.
0: And it, it, it's it's disappointing because he does do a pretty good job on commentary with the NWA power show. And I, I just I feel mm-hmm. like this kind of stuff just it, it devalues that. So I think if he's gonna stay in this position, I know it's gonna be nearly impossible for him to do this, but dude, you gotta shut your mouth a little bit. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> right.
1: Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue.
0: Okay, Carl. We're gonna take a brief break here. We're gonna come back with I think would be an interesting topic here. And uh, we'll get into this. And all I'll say before we take the break is slow down, boys. Slow down. We'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by CollarAndEllibleBrand.com. Visit CollarAndEllibleBrand.com where you can get 10% off everything at the checkout when you use promo code JKPODCAST, including this week's featured item, the At Large T-shirt.
1: What's up, guys? This is the Standard Dusty Gold, coming from you from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm with Joe and Carl for Turnbuckle Talk.
0: All right, guys. Big Joe and Carl careful back here on Turnbuckle Talk.
1: Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that favorite time of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at our show stopper segment. Yeah. right, Carl, I think this is a pretty important topic this
0: week, and this is going to have to do with... um, Let me uh, explain first to give some context what kind of brought this on here. I saw, as probably a lot of fans who pay attention to social media and YouTube and Facebook and whatnot, I saw this. Uh, I I forget what venue or what company this was for, but uh, L.A. Park, or La Parca, I think he still calls himself that, but I think it's a different person now, Uh, did the spot to the outside of the ring and literally, like, Doe, like he was like horizontal and like headfirst into a metal guardrail. And I guess essentially broke his neck. Um, this kind of stuff here, Carl, it has me a little concerned because I'm seeing more and more of, and and even in in our big companies like WWE and AEW and whatnot, of this so much craziness going on outside the ring and really dangerous spots and whatnot. And like I said before the break, I just said, slow down boys. And. What I'm kind of getting with that is, I think that we just we need to not do so much of this stuff, especially with I think AEW especially because a lot of these guys are coming from the independent scene and they're used to they just putting it all on the line like all the time and just pedal to the metal. This is weekly television, guys. You need to slow down a little bit, take it easy a little bit. You don't need to kill yourself every single time you go out there.
1: It's very true. Um, this is La Parca two. Yes. Um, this is not the original La Parca. This yeah. is a, a secondary one. Um, and yeah, like seriously, did get injured. I, I did see <sighs> the video of it, and yeah. he he dove, um, which which isn't anything unusual from from what La Parca two does. Yeah. Um, it, it, what it seemed to be is is that this other guy just stood there and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't move. He didn't, you know, go like move, like just sidestep towards him to, you know, take take the uh, the hit and whatever. He just it almost looked like a shoot. It almost looked like this guy was just being a dick and just standing there and going, hmm, I, I I'm I'm not happy with this. I'm mad at you or whatever. So I'm just gonna let you do whatever you want to do, and uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not going to be the other participant in this match. I'm just going to stand here. Hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, inadequate training, whether that's just somebody's own ego getting in the way, I don't know exactly what happened. But, wow. Like, this uh, professional wrestling, for those of you, and I know a lot of you do know this, but for those of you that might be listening to us for the first time, professional wrestling is ballet in spandex. hmm And when you're doing a ballet dance or when you're doing a hip hop dance or when you're doing any type of, of, you know, figure skating, even like doubles figure skating, stuff like that, you rely on your partner and your partner relies on you. And if you don't have that reliability with that person, that other person that's across that ring from you, things are going to go awry. And I think that's exactly what happened here which is so unfortunate because La Parca, too, uh, goes out there all the time. Like, known very much so down there for doing these, you know, type of uh, uh, larger-than-life, over-the-top rope type of uh, moves, high-flying, whatever have you. And to see somebody, like, that's, I think that's what, what ticks me off the most is that watching that video, you see the guy just stand there and then even after he hit his head, he just kind of like reached down and like tapped him. Like, <laughs> are you serious right now? Yeah. That's, that's what ticks me off the most.
0: I mean, that scenario that you laid out there when it comes to to this, like, the potential of it being a- – and um, I don't know if I'm using the correct term of just being too stiff in a match or, or not selling or basically just kind of abandoning your opponent there. Uh, it, it probably happens more than probably a lot of fans and uh, just casual viewers are aware of. Um, it, it's something that that's not new to the industry, and it, it it happens quite often. And another thing, too, with this, I mean, you're just – it like you had mentioned, it, it's ballet and spandex, Um and you're playing the odds every time you go in that ring you have the other person's life in your hands and you you had made the the figure skating reference if you look on uh on youtube you can find a video it just i mean literally anything can happen like there was there's one where the, the the they're doing like a spinning type thing and the one guy has his has his leg up and the other person got too close and they took a skate across the face like dangerous things can happen in any kind of sporting venture and professional wrestling is not exempt from that uh, and probably even more so than anything else because it's it's choreographed but dangerous things happen all the time because not everything goes to plan and very rarely does a match play out exactly like it's supposed to and there's always a margin for error, for injury, for you name it.
1: It's very true, and I mean it's choreographed to an extent, right? So you go out there and you train and you learn how to do these moves and you learn how to take these moves and stuff like that. Um, I mean, usually the majority of of the match, the in between stuff, the beginning, yep. choreographed. You know what's going to happen to start out the match. The end, you know how it's going to you know play out. You know how that's going to go. That's choreographed. Uh, but everything in between is is the. Two participants or the more, however, you know, you want to look at it, um, communicating with each other and already knowing that if I'm on the outside of the ring and I see my opponent run towards the ropes Mm -hmm. and start running back towards me, what's happening? He's coming over those ropes or he's coming through the ropes. I know that right now. So I need to position myself in a way that I'm going to be able to catch him you know, take the brunt of the, uh, of the move or whatever, however you want to play that out. Right. That's where it all kind of comes into that hole. You have to have faith in the person that you're working with. And if you can't man get out of the ring, (laughs) that's, (laughs) I mean, it's harsh words to say, but if you, if you can't have that understanding of he's running towards those ropes and I'm on the outside, he's coming at me. If if you don't if you can't grasp that there's something wrong and you need to just go back and train more or just get out of the ring totally. Yeah.
0: But this thing with uh, Laparga, I mean, uh, you can definitely go and watch out there. I, I would not say that it's not for the, the squeamish or whatnot, because I mean there's no blood or anything like that, but just it, it's and the sound when he hits that like it's just it, it's. Oh, I I, I cringe yeah. just when when I when I kind of even thinking about it, and. Um, yeah, th- this kind of stuff happens a little too often for for my liking, and I think it, it's kind of a product of the independent scene. You, know, you have a lot of people working with each other for the first time, and you're not kind of used to each other's rhythm and, and what you do and whatnot. So, we tend to see it a lot more when it comes to that. So, it, it's something I think is always going to happen, and it's just a byproduct of, of the sport, professional wrestling. It's, it's something that's always going to kind of be there. Unfortunately, I think.
1: Yeah, you're definitely right. And I mean, like, a big big part of that, too, is <laughs> honestly, rings are different,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, you come from an independent scene. Independent scenes usually have, like, you know, uh, a 12 by 12 ring yep. type of thing, right? And then you go, or, or a 16 by 16, and then you go to another company, and there's going to be, you know, an 18 by 18. Or you go with the larger companies, and most of them are running with 20 by 20s, Um so, I mean, even trying to, to to figure things out and play things out in a different sized ring really plays a lot into that. So, I mean, you you really have to go out there and make sure that you have a good feel mm-hmm. for even that ring before you go out there and try to do some big over the top type of spot.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, Carl, well, I guess about wraps it up for this week. Uh, the only kind of other additional thing that I've kind of picked up on recently that I didn't have in the original run was that, uh, that there is a possibility, a, a real possibility of a, of a former WWE talent coming back, and I'm, sp- of course, speaking of Mr. Carlito. And um, it looks like it could be a strong possibility. I guess they've been talking for a little while, and uh, I think he would be – Especially NXT, I think he could be a great fit there. He was a great personality. He was over the, he was pretty over the top. Great talent uh, in the ring itself. Um, that biting into the apple and spitting in, into your face. I was always a fan of that little, that little gimmick in that little spot. So he's somebody that I'd like to kind of see back. He had some attitude there, and I, I always enjoyed what he did. So I, I'd like to see him back.
1: Yeah, definitely. It would be amazing to see. I mean, whatever capacity he wants to be used in, he's very adaptable and can really go into anything. And whether he comes back, you know, use still uses the Carlito name or has something different, everybody still knows who he is. For sure. And, and just one more thing, uh,
0: Jake Hager had a match at Bellator and came out with um, his AEW stuff on, which I thought was pretty interesting that uh, that happened as well. So hey, that'll probably draw in some of their audience to watch some AEW, so a good deal there, I think, too. Yes. All right, Carl, well, that wraps up for this week, so we'll see you guys in the next one.
1: Ciao. This is the Beat Wolf Taylor, and the show the the shadows of the-